Welcome all to the 54th episode of the Real Estate Playbook Podcast. This is a special one uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, if you didn't know this, this podcast and all of its contents therein and many of the guests are brought to you by 54 Realty. Um, it's the way that real estate should be, my friends. That's the slogan. Um, you've heard us talk about this brokerage at length on this podcast. Like I said, many of the guests, if not most of them, are from this brokerage, myself included. Uh, this p- podcast was a uh, the brainchild of Joe, our broker owner. Um, and it's been a real pleasure. It's been a lot of work doing uh, 54 episodes now. Um, I just wanted to get that out of the way up top, just so you know that uh, this episode is special, my friends. So 54th episode of the podcast coming to you from 54 Realty. And if you can't tell already, this is a solo episode, my friends. We did have a scheduled guest, but unfortunately, just some scheduling conflicts. Um, It's just going to be me today. So uh, if you have seen the past solo episodes, you know the drill. I do a little research on some trending topics, some news in the real estate world, and we talk about it, or rather I talk about it, and you listen. No, I'm just kidding around. But uh, if you do have any feedback on some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about today, I'd encourage you to leave a comment or go to our website and send us an email. That way we can either talk about it um, on future episodes, or we can just respond to you directly. So once again, thanks for listening, and why don't we just get right into it here? Um, So uh, in case you didn't know, I get all my articles for these solo episodes from floridarealtors.org. It's a great resource for agents in the Florida state. That's a weird way to say that, but uh, it's a great resource. They have all sorts of um, news and tips, uh, announcements, information on like new laws, things like that, um, developments in the Florida real estate market. And they also uh, source information from a lot of real estate experts to talk about the... um, market at large in the United States. So a lot of interesting things on there, and that is where our information today comes from. So another shout out to floridarealtors.org. And give me one second here. All right, how's that? Does it sound a little bit better? Yep, all right. Sorry about that, guys. So anyway, uh, the first thing we're gonna be talking about today is the Florida real estate market, which of course makes sense because this comes from floridarealtors.org. We are in Florida. This is the information you tune in to hear about, my friends. So um, we're talking about just a couple shifts in the market. Um, I'm gonna pull some quotes from the article directly here. And uh, let's talk about it. So this first quote I have for you is as follows. The trend of improving for sale inventory continued in July 2022, which hopefully will also help housing affordability and ease rising prices over time for buyers. And this comes from 2022 Florida Realtors President Christina Papas. Um, She's also VP of the Keys family of companies in Miami. I'm not sure what that is, but she sounds like an important individual. Um, She does go on to say, however, homes are continuing to go under contract quickly. The median time to contract statewide for single family existing homes in July was 12 days compared to nine days during the same month a year ago. So the median time to contract for existing condo townhouse units was 13 days compared to 15 in July of 2021. 
So homes are going under contract quickly. Um, if you listen to the past couple episodes where we talk about the market, you will know that things are easing up a little bit. It's becoming a little bit easier for the buyers out there. Um, so you're not necessarily having to offer a ridiculous amount above asking price, which is certainly favorable to those who are uh, bringing the money out of their pockets, so to speak. Um, so, but homes are still going under contract relatively quickly. So at the same time, um, you know, it's still slightly favorable for sellers. You're still able to get your home under contract in a reasonable amount of time, perhaps not as, uh, for lack of a better word, gangbusters as it was about a year ago. Um, but we are starting to see that balance come back into play, which is very nice for both sides. Um, the article goes on to say, while July's closed sales were down compared to the same time a year ago, Florida Realtors chief economist, Dr. Brad O'Connor pointed out the following. It's almost not fair to compare 2022 sales numbers to those from a year ago because 2021 was such a uniquely good year for the housing market with a 30-year mortgage rate hovering near 3% the entire year. And that's a historical low, if you if you know from watching this program. Uh, but we should also acknowledge that this July, we saw fewer home sales than we did in July of 2019, so pre-pandemic. This year's high mortgage rates combined with a continuation of last year's rapid rise in home prices have really put the brakes on a number of completed transactions this summer. So there is this strange thing going on where uh, the pre-pandemic conditions are sort of starting to arise again. So is that a return to quote unquote normalcy? Um, I'm not the one to make the call on that, but this data is certainly interesting nonetheless. So again, I think things are sort of evening out on both sides, which really makes it easier for the average home buyer and seller out there, um, which is definitely a relief from the insanity of previous years. Furthermore, it definitely makes it easier for the real estate agents out there. Maybe, you know, if you're a listing agent primarily, it's not as exciting for you as it perhaps was a couple months ago because it was just really easy. Uh, as some guests on the show has said, you actually have to market the listings now. So that's definitely a flip. Um, but for real estate agents who deal with buyers more frequently, you're probably feeling a little bit less stressed these days. And uh, that's a good thing, I would say. So um, speaking of the market, um, interesting development here or an interesting statistic that was released about first-time home buyers. So this article um, talks about first-time home buyers and it begins with uh, research that was completed by the National Association of Realtors. And what they revealed in this research or what they discovered, excuse me, is that first-time home buyers actually comprise 34% of all home buyers in 2021. That is an increase of three percentage points from the previous year. So I don't believe that's quite enough data to draw conclusions that first-time home buyers are necessarily saturating the market um, as much as one would believe. However, it's certainly interesting in the sense that um, realtors are going to have to start shifting their, I guess you can call it marketing or prospecting techniques a little bit to ensure that they have a lot of strategies and resources available for first-time homebuyers. So um, what can you do to actually help first-time homebuyers? Well, the best thing that I've discovered um, and the advice that I've gotten from agents on this show is to be a resource. Um, generally, first-time homebuyers are perhaps less educated about the market, sometimes more educated, I'm sure, if you're like me and you're super anxious and you just want to know all the information there is to know. But uh, at large, I would say some of these people, uh, given that it is their first time buying a home, they just don't know what to expect. They don't know what the market's like, or maybe they do, and it's maybe some bad information that they've gotten from the media or whatever. Um, and they just don't know how to navigate this 
process. So what can you do? You can be their, their roadmap, essentially. Um, so this article goes on to give some advice on, on how to do that. Uh, and they say to help with the reluctance of first-time homebuyers due to the market by staying in frequent contact with them, uh, educating them about the market, about their financing options, things like that. Because as a realtor, you know how many options there are out there for acquiring financing, so on and so forth, um, different down payment options for these first-time home buyers that they simply just might not be aware of. I know I've learned a lot just talking to people on this show about all the different options that are out there, as well as the research on this uh, floridarealtors.org. But this is information that the general populace might not be aware of. So I think that's really where you can provide value as a real estate agent is to come in and say, he, uh, hey, rather, here's all our options. Here's how we can make this work for your financial situation. Ease some of those stresses that first-time homebuyers are undoubtedly feeling because uh, it's one of the biggest things or biggest steps, biggest purchases that you can make in your life. So it's always good to have a, um, a helping hand through such a stressful process. Um, a second article that I'm going to tie in here because it uh, relates to our topic of first-time homebuyers is tips um, for saving for first-time homebuyers. These are things that you can pass on as advice to those first-time homebuyers, that uh, slice of the market. Or if you are a first-time homebuyer yourself, these could be useful pieces of advice for you. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in my last solo episode, but I want to bring it up again because I think this is great advice. And it's something that uh, I can't hurt to hear multiple times. So the first one is going to be quite obvious. Uh, pay down any debt that you can, uh, whether that be student loans, your car payments. Um, I don't know. Those are the first two that come to mind, but I'm sure there's others. Credit card debt, those sorts of things. What that's going to do is improve your debt to income ratio, which can help you get a better approval, a better financing, so on and so forth. And who doesn't like to reduce their debt? I mean, it takes a little bit of that stress off of your plate. So Again, these tips that I'm going through right now, if you're an agent, you can provide these tips to your clients, or if you are a client or a buyer yourself, keep these things in mind. And I'm sure you'll hear these from lenders as well. Uh, the next one, which is something that we didn't talk about on the last solo episode, it wasn't in the other article that I was referencing, but I think this is interesting. Uh, they recommend to make aggressive career choices. So what does that mean? Well, uh, as we know, and this is a, probably a topic for an entire other podcasts and other more educated people probably talk about this than I, um, the job market um, is quite interesting at the moment, one might say. I think a lot of people are sort of um, putting the power, so to speak, back in the hands of uh, employees rather than employers. So like I said, we're not going to get too much into that because it's kind of a hot button issue. But um, Florida Realtors does recommend making those aggressive career choices. Again, what does that mean? Well, uh, now might be a good time to ask for a raise. Um, like I said, the employees are having a little bit more um, leeway, a little bit more pull these days. So perhaps it's an opportune time to ask for a raise if you are situated to do so within your career. If you've been in a place for a while, you haven't been getting scheduled raises or whatever the situation might be, uh, it doesn't hurt to ask. Well, occasionally it might, but it might be worth it for you. Um, other things that they define as making aggressive career choices, or one thing in particular rather, is simply looking for new opportunities. Maybe it's the right time in your life to make a career change or a company change. Um, and uh, the statistic that they cite that I didn't write down here, um, I think it's like 50 or 60% of people who switch jobs find that uh, there was an increase of pay that came along with that, which obviously is going to help you out if you're saving up for uh, buying a home. So that's certainly an option for you. And then another one, which again is, is quite obvious and very just general, which is building your savings. So 
uh, I'll touch on another reason that's important in a second here. But if you have the opportunity to put some money away every week, every month, every paycheck, whatever it might be, um, that's certainly something that you're going to want to do. Um, this is an interesting one. Focus on your market and not the headlines. So this is something that I find myself falling into, which is you see all the doom and gloom on social media or in the news or in talking to people um, about uh, the housing market or whatever. Um, and you start to get discouraged. You feel like, wow, I'm never going to be able to stop renting, so on and so forth. And maybe renting makes the most sense for you right now like it does for me. There's there's no shame in that game. However, if you are looking to get uh, to go and buy your first home, it's important to know your local market um, and not the sensationalized headlines there, which that's that's good rule of thumb for anything, really. Um, you know, do your own research, so on and so forth. And that's where the importance of a real estate agent really comes back into play because they are going to have a lot of that information about your local market um, and they're going to help you get all the correct and relevant information to ensure that your first time home buy, home buying rather, goes smoothly. Um, another thing here, look for lower down payment options. We touched on this a minute ago. Um, the average or, or the standard, I should say, the benchmark is a 20% down payment. However, that's you don't always necessarily need to do that. In some cases, you might not have any other options. But again, this is why it's important to have a real estate agent because they can educate you on um, scenarios or options for uh, a lower down payment or down payment assistance programs. These things exist. They are real. They can help you buy a home, my friends. So keep that in mind. Um, don't let the down payment intimidate you too much because you do have options in many cases. Um, I said a second ago, we're going to bring back the savings here because uh, I think it's a good help for this next thing, which is closing costs. It's an unexpected expense that a lot of people don't consider. Uh, there's a couple different costs associated with closing that um, you know, you're going to have to be prepared for. And so that's where having a windfall, having um, a good cushy savings account built out can uh, actually work in your favor. Although I don't see how having a lot of money in savings could not work in your favor. So uh, just keep that in mind. Closing costs are very real. Your uh, real estate agent might be able to, or your lender might be able to help you sort of anticipate what you might need to pay when it comes to the closing table. So that's my spiel for uh, first time home buyers, my friends. Um, I like to encourage you to stay positive out there. And if you don't have a real estate agent you're working with and you think you can go it alone, you've heard me say it before, you can't, unfortunately, unless you yourself are just the exception to the rule somehow. But I doubt that. Uh, these days, real estate is, is quite uh, chaotic, quite hectic. So don't try and go it alone, my friends. Get some help. Uh, so the next thing here is tips for real estate agents that are on a team or running a team or looking to join a team. Um, these are tips to take your real estate team to the next level. What do I mean by the next level? Well, a real estate team that uh, people are going to want to work with, whether it be joining your team or working the other side of a transaction or simply a client. Um, what are some things that are going to help boost your um, overall swag? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think of a word there, but some things that will help you take that real estate team to the next level. So the first uh, piece of advice that FloridaRealtors.org offers is to conduct regular meetings to go over sales data. You might think, Paul, this is going to discourage some of the lower level agents at the brokerage or the team or whatever. That might be the case. You could you could argue either side, but I would say um, it can also uh, serve as encouragement for those lower level agents. Um, they can see the heights that they can reach, so on and so forth. 
And another important thing that they offer that goes into these meetings where you go over your data, or maybe it's just a newsletter or an email or a one-on-one -on -one meeting or whatever, uh, it's important to recognize the wins within your team. Um, that's going to help boost morale, obviously. That's going to help people stay positive and see, so to speak, the light at the end of the tunnel, see that there are wins out there. Even if they get discouraged, um, there is a, uh, <laughs> a light at the end of the tunnel, like I just said. Uh, so it's super important to recognize wins, and that goes for any, any company, any organization, any team. Uh, you definitely want to make sure that people are feeling appreciated, getting that positive recognition. That goes a long way with people. So make sure you are doing that within your real estate team. And the third one, and perhaps uh, the most important, at least in my opinion, is to offer coaching. Um, so often I hear these stories of real estate agents who are now with 54 Realty, but they were previously at another brokerage or team or they were out of state or whatever, and their last brokerage didn't provide training. They were just kind of going it alone. And so they felt lost. They felt like they didn't have the resources or the tools to succeed and to um, operate at a high level of business. Um, but when you have people on your team, brokers or owners or uh, high-level agents, team leaders, whatever, that have experience, um, that have a lot of knowledge that they want to share, give them the opportunity to share that information. If it's a once-a-month meeting, great. If you can do it more frequently than that, even better. What, the, uh, what types of things can you coach or train on? Well, there's a million different things you could go over, but some of the important ones that floridarealtors.org's dot orgs dot org recommends our lead generation there's a lot of different ways to generate leads that people just might not be aware of that you can um, coach them on you can say here's how i did it um it worked for you heard that right anyway sorry about that you can say he uh hey here's how i did it this is what worked for me um have you tried cold calling have you tried emailing have you tried door knocking have you tried mailers have you tried chatting somebody up at the bar, whatever it might be. Um, those success stories and that coaching uh, can help people realize the different avenues that are out there for acquiring leads. Uh, another one, conversion. Once you have the lead, what do you do with it? Um, we've had a couple trainings here at 54 talking about uh, that topic uh, specifically. And I always find those super enlightening because yes, uh, there is certainly a hustle involved in getting leads. And then there's the closing table, but what happens in between? How do you convert those leads into transactions? And a lot of that is just going to be nurturing and a follow-up and that sort of thing. But that's definitely a valuable training that you could offer your agents. And the third one, which I find interesting, is uh, this is what Florida Realtors recommend. Uh, how to win large deals. That's something that if you listen to my episode with Natasha, I said that actually came up with my girlfriend and I while we were watching an episode of Selling Tampa, which... It's not necessarily my kind of TV show, but this is the conversation that was born from watching it, which is how do these agents get these huge multi-million dollar listings? How do you do it? It doesn't just happen overnight, right? You don't, I'm sure some people just luck into it, which bully for you, but um, there are strategies that you can employ. Um, for example, at the brokerage, we have uh, an entirely separate set of marketing materials specifically for luxury listings or luxury properties. And um, because that's just a different level of clientele that you're working with, and you can't necessarily employ the same strategies with those folks. Maybe you can, and that's fantastic. But um, having those strategies, having those resources will help you be better equipped to win those large deals. So those are just some examples of things that you could offer training on. And um, I just think training in general is, is super valuable and um, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yes. So moving along here, um, the next thing we're going to talk about is something that you've heard me talk about ad infinitum, ad nauseum on this podcast, which is the importance of social media and PR for real estate agents. 
Um, so they are in this article talking about some things that you can do to uh, boost your real estate PR slash social media. So let's get into it. So the first thing, I'm, this is a quote directly from the article. With a majority of millennials and baby boomers searching for property online, and nearly 50% of real estate firms saying that social media produces the highest quality leads compared to other sources, real estate professionals need to get their business on social media and have a solid marketing strategy. Couldn't agree more, floridarealtors.org. So obviously there's many different social media platforms that you can sort of hone in on. Um, perhaps there's one that you favor more than the others and there's nothing wrong with that, but it certainly doesn't hurt to use all the big ones. That'd be Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, if you so choose. TikTok is having a, uh, a surge right now in popularity amongst real estate professionals. Um, Facebook specifically is a great one because if you want to run ads on there, this is uh, what Florida realtors recommend. Uh, Facebook's user demographics can help real estate agents target a specific audience based on age, income, location, and status. And that's because, as we know, unfortunately, Facebook has a ton of data on their users. Uh, they also can publish listing-related updates and content, enabling potential buyers to book appointments without needing to call, which is a feature if you have a Facebook business page, uh, as well as follow-up communication with customers to nurture the sale. So that's using uh, the messaging feature there on Facebook. So Facebook definitely has... Um, I don't want to say superior, but certainly a well-developed um, business manager uh, for the business pages. Um, I have to use that quite frequently in my work as a marketing person. Um, so I would dec definitely recommend if you're looking for a really comprehensive all-in-one and you don't necessarily want to spread yourself too thin across all of the social media platforms, Facebook is probably a good one to focus on. Um, but of course, there is, like I said, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, so on and so forth. And those don't hurt. Twitter, I'm not really sure how I feel about Twitter, but uh, that's definitely an option as well. And uh, on the next article, after I finish this up, we're going to talk about a very unlikely social media platform that you might be able to use for your real estate business. But before we move on to that, uh, I want to talk about reviews for a second. Um, Natasha and I talked about this on the last episode, the importance of reviews. It's a super easy thing that you can ask your clients to do. Fill out this five-star review on Google, Zillow, um, Realtor.com. Um, it doesn't hurt, certainly, to have uh, a evidence of the good business that you do, the good relationships that you maintain with your clients. Um, sometimes people will get uber specific and say, you know, Natasha helped me sell my home for 30K over list price or whatever it might be. Um, again, back to that topic of celebrating the wins. Reviews are a great way to do that. And we also talked about on that episode how Tabitha got quite a good number of reviews uh, for herself on the 54 Realty St. Petersburg uh, Google My Business profile. And because of that, she actually got a client or two from it just because they saw her name on there and they said, hey, seems like people really like working with Tabitha. I want to work with Tabitha. So um, you might find that getting these good reviews not only is a good social proof and um, a good trust index, one might say, but it, it could actually lead to some deals. So it's a very easy thing that you can do. And the last one, which I find is quite important, is to diversify your content on social media. If people are following you, listen, I'll speak for myself. If I'm following you and you run a business, great. I want to support you. Fantastic. But I don't want my feed to constantly be real estate this, real estate that, yada, yada, yada. Nobody really wants that, right? Um, that, that can make you sort of come off as salesy, seem like you're just on social media to push your business, which you very well might be. But also throw some fun stuff in there. Throw in some personality stuff so people can feel like they get to know you and that will actually lead them 
to want to work with you even more if they feel like they know you as a person. So don't be afraid to kind of be yourself on social media, share some family stuff, some funny stuff, whatever it might be. It doesn't hurt. Um, so I said a second ago that we were going to talk about a unlikely real estate platform or social media platform that you could use for your real estate business. And this is coming recommended by floridarealtors.org. This is not just Paul saying you should check this out. And that is Pinterest. Hold for shock, I know. Uh, a lot of people use Pinterest. I don't use it personally. I know we do have a Pinterest account for 54 Realty that I kind of was uh, kind of was helping with for a while there. And I don't fully understand it. Um, it's very cool tool, very cool social media platform, but how can it benefit real estate professionals? Well, let's talk about it. So I said that Pinterest has a lot of users and that is certainly true. According to research, uh, research, excuse me there. Uh, it shows that Pinterest has 433 million users per month. That is quite a lot. Uh, 80% of users on Pinterest say that they have found a new brand or product through the platform that they are now loyal to. So certainly there's an opportunity for conversion there if 80% of people are saying that. How can real estate professionals use Pinterest? Well, you can share content that builds community interest in the neighborhoods where you have a presence. So if you're outside of Florida or Tampa, this is not gonna make sense, but let's say you focus, you're in Tampa and you focus on the downtown St. Petersburg area. Well, you can start posting things about like best restaurants in the downtown St. Petersburg area, or here's the best uh, museum and so on and so forth. You can see how there's a lot of different ways you can attack that. But basically this is the type of content that people are on Pinterest for. They're looking for cutesy stuff. They're looking for recipes. They're looking for dinner spots. They're looking for cool date night stuff, I imagine. Um, and you can establish yourself as an expert in that area by sharing these things through images, videos, uh, news, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and that's gonna lead people to click on your profile, to find your website, to find your other social media, yada, yada, yada. You get the picture here. Uh, they all kind of feed each other. Um, you can also link to content related to real estate, like articles on buying or selling, interior design, landscaping, so on and so forth, which I think is what we do on the 54 Realty Pinterest. Again, just establishing yourself as a quote-unquote thought leader, as a good resource um, for real estate. And then as a footnote here, it's important to research trending hashtags for real estate and choose ones that are relevant to your content. That's going to make sure that you get more eyes on those posts on Pinterest so you're not just pushing content out into the void, so to speak. Um, so definitely an unlikely one there for you. I, I bet many of you weren't expecting that Pinterest could be a good real estate resource for you. But as I say, with all things social media, when it comes to real estate, it's free. It can't hurt. So why not give it a shot? Um, we're almost at the end here, folks. A short episode for you this week. Uh, but there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about before I let you go, which is that it is um, it is Realtor Safety Month. So... Um, I'm not going to get too much into this because it's a subject that can get quite dark quite quickly, but we've all seen in the news unfortunate things that happen to real estate agents who are out by themselves in these appointments with basically a complete stranger. Um, it's a dangerous profession, and I think a lot of people overlook that. Um, so what can you do to sort of be proactive about these kinds of things? Well, I think it's very important to um, have open lines of communication with everyone on your team. Uh, always make sure that people know where you are at all times. Don't go run off on a listing appointment in the middle of the woods and not let your team or, or spouse or somebody know where you are. Um, and listen, I'm not the expert on this sort of thing. Um, don't take my word as, as bond, so to speak. But it's just I, I wanted to highlight this because I think it's important to be aware of. And 
you know, it doesn't get talked about often enough and consumers perhaps aren't aware of this, that, that real estate agents are really kind of in a risky position, just constantly meeting with people that they don't know in locations that they perhaps haven't been before. So if you are a realtor out there, I just want to encourage you to look after yourself, uh, make sure that you have a good network of support um, and contacts and people that kind of know where you are. Just stay in touch with those folks. Um, look after yourself out there. It's a hard job. There's a lot going on. Um, but we can't overlook the fact that safety should always come first, as the old cliche goes. Um, and a piece of advice from FloridaRealtors.org, they recommend perhaps for uh, forming a safety committee at your brokerage. So people that stay up to date with um, different things that you can do to stay safe out there, whether it be on the internet or in person. Um, Cybersecurity is another thing that often gets overlooked, but a safety committee definitely can hurt. Um, and I don't see why you couldn't do it. So again, just to wrap it up there, guys, just stay safe, stay safe out there, um, during realtor safety month. And if you're not a realtor yourself, you, you know, give your, give your friend that's a realtor or your family member, that's a realtor, a pat on the back, because, um, it's one of those jobs where, like I said, it's just, uh, people don't realize how much truly goes into it. So, um, that's it for me this week, guys, uh, a short one. And I want to thank you all for tuning in 54 episodes. It's a lot of hours of me talking and you listening, so I do appreciate you. Uh, as always, I'd recommend you subscribe, you follow the show um, on social media and so on and so forth. Let us know your thoughts in the comments or via email or via social media, however you so choose to do so. That's at The Real Estate Playbook on everything. As always, I've been your host, Paul, and I'd like to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. Adios. Mm-hmm.